Good morning, everyone. Happy Easter. Please, as we come to worship, let us join together in prayer. God of life, we praise you for the miracle of Easter. We pray for great joy for ourselves and for all who come to worship today to celebrate Jesus' resurrection. We pray especially for those who will join us for worship and whose lives are filled with pain, loss, or deep sadness. May they sense how the resurrection is a source of great hope. Amen. Alleluia, alleluia, opening our hearts to him, sing hallelujah, alleluia, Jesus is our King. Alleluia, alleluia, opening our hearts to him, sing Let the peace of Christ rule in our hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body. The peace of Christ be with you. On this beautiful Easter morning, our help is in the name of the Lord, creator of heaven and earth. Grace to you and peace from God our creator and the Lord Jesus Christ. We long for your spirit to work among us now. Christ is risen. Come, let us worship the Lord. Please join me in your bulletin for the prayer of confession. Almighty God, in raising Jesus from the grave, you shattered the power of sin and death. We confess that we remain captive to doubt and fear, bound by the ways that lead to death. We overlook the poor and the hungry and pass by those who mourn. We are deaf to the cries of the oppressed and indifferent to calls for peace. We despise the weak and abuse the earth you made. Forgive us, God of mercy. Help us to trust your power to change our lives and make us new, that we may know the joy of life abundant given in Jesus Christ, the risen Lord. Holy God, holy and mighty, holy immortal one, Have mercy upon us. Lord, have mercy upon us. Lamb of God, O Christ, have mercy upon us. Grant us your peace. Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have died. For since death came through a human being, the resurrection of the dead has also come through a human being. For as all die in Adam, so will all be made alive in Christ. With these words we know, therefore, that in Christ we stand forgiven. Thanks be to God. He has told you, O mortal, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you, but to do justice and to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God. And so, let us live. As we come to the reading of God's holy word, let us pray. Lift up your hearts. Let us lift them to the Lord our God. God of life, your spirit raised Jesus from dead. 
Your spirit inspired the prophets and writers of Scripture. Your spirit draws us to Christ and helps us to acknowledge him as Lord. We ask that you will send your spirit now to give us deeper insight, encouragement, faith, and hope through the proclamation of the Easter gospel. Amen. Our lesson today comes to us from the gospel according to St. John chapter 20, the narrative of the risen Christ. Hear now the word of God. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. Then Peter and the other disciple set out and went toward the tomb. The two were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent down to look in and saw the linen wrappings lying there, but he did not go in. Then Peter came, following him, and went into the tomb. He saw the linen wrappings lying there and the cloth that had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen wrappings, but rolled up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple who reached the tomb first also went in, and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples returned to their homes, but Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb, and she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had been lying, one at the head and the other at the feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She, she said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. When she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you looking for? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Hebrew, Rabunai, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, Do not hold on to me, because I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and to your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that she had said, that he had said these things to her. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. How many of us in this room, seated in these pews, truly, honestly, believes that Jesus Christ was physically raised from the dead, vacated the tomb, and lives 
today. Oh, you don't have to show hands. Don't, don't. I'm just making a rhetorical question. I know, I know, I don't want to embarrass anybody. <laughs> I'll tell you why I ask that. Because there are lots of Christians today who do not want to answer that question honestly in terms of physical resurrection. I'm sure you've heard these stories. But there are many stories out there of when someone dies, the family has some kind of apparition of the dead person after the death. I have had relatives tell me this, I've had friends tell me this, I've had parishioners tell me this. The idea that the spirit of the person who has died visits the family en route to wherever the spirit goes after we die and is seen by those who are physically alive. We have the gospel record that for approximately 50 days, 40 days after Jesus' physical death and burial, people saw him spiritually appear to them. Later, he would appear to the disciples in the upper room again. He would appear to the folks walking from Jerusalem on the Emmaus Road. He would appear to them in their mealtimes, in the breaking of bread. There were apparitions of Jesus after his resurrection. But did he physically rise from the dead? And what significance, really, is in that fact. Theologian Alistair McGrath basically says there are three stages to Easter faith. The first stage, he said, is the facts. You've got to sit down with the record and the testimony of the witnesses and ask, do all the facts add up? Now, Facts are strange things. Facts sometimes can go against what you really want to have happen or to prove. How many of you in your schooling have had an experiment where you had a hypothesis, and after the experiment was over, your hypothesis was wrong? Wasn't what you expected it to be. Didn't turn out the way you thought it would. In the court of law, John Adams, early in our history in 1770, was asked to defend the British soldiers who were accused of treason against the new state or colonies. He took the case and the public turned against him. He lost more than half of his clients in the process. In the courtroom, he said, facts are stubborn things. Whatever may be our wishes, our inclinations, or the dictums of our passions, they cannot alter the state of the facts and the evidence. No matter how much one may loathe the idea that Jesus physically rose from the dead and fantasize about other outcomes, the historical bedrock remains the same. Jesus' resurrection is the best historical explanation of the relevant historical evidence. That is the fact. Whether we like it, whether we are comfortable with it, whether we believe it, is another step. Alistair McGrath says that the second step of Easter faith, then, 
is not only must I believe the fact, I must trust the facts to be true. I must trust the facts to be true. For about five years, my wife and I were house parents at Milton Hershey School in Hershey, Pennsylvania. The school was set up to give housing and education to children who were orphaned. Initially, it was set up for children who had no parents. Then later, it was changed for children who had only one parent. And then more recently, it was changed to children whose parents could not afford to keep them. I remember very distinctly in the second year of our work there, we had a young girl show up at our student home. She had come from a drug-addicted family in inner-city Baltimore, and she was not sure that she could trust that there would be food on the table for her when it came mealtime. It took us several weeks to keep her from stuffing pieces of meat and hiding vegetables and desserts in the pockets of her pants or her blouse or her sweater or her purse that she would bring to the table with her. She knew the fact. The fact was that every day at 5 o'clock supper would be served, but she didn't know whether she trusted that fact to be true. She didn't know whether she could trust us to really provide that food when she needed it. And after weeks of finding food hidden under her bed, in her drawers, under her pillow, for fear that somehow or other we would stop feeding her and she'd have to feed herself, which was most likely the case in the streets where she lived before, she finally came down one day and she stood by the table And she said, I guess it's always going to be here, isn't it? And thereafter, never took another piece of food to hide, except for the occasional snuck candy bar from the pantry, of course. That's the second part of Easter faith. Not just believing the facts, but trusting the facts to be true for me. Trusting the fact that Jesus Christ has indeed died. Jesus Christ has indeed given his lifeblood in order to redeem us. And Jesus Christ has physically risen from the dead to give us hope. That in this life, no matter what the weight of our burdens, no matter what the guilt that weighs us down, no matter what our life circumstances are, there is always hope. And there's nothing audacious about that. That is the fact. That is the reality. That is who we are as kingdom people. We are people who know and believe in our hearts that no matter how dark the day, how rainy the season, how dim the outlook, there is always going to be light at the end of that tunnel, a silver lining behind that cloud and hope beyond our desperation. But there is a third part to this Easter faith, McGrath says. It is that part which says, 
I will respond. I will respond. I believe that it's not only true, but that I will do something with it. Please look at the text again with me. The disciple who loved Jesus and was loved by Jesus, of course, is the Apostle John. And John and Peter are running to the tomb after Mary Magdalene has told them, I've seen the Lord. They run to the tomb, and who gets there first? Who gets to the tomb first of the two of them, Peter or John? John gets there first, and what does he do? He peeks in. He looks in and he says, hmm, yeah, it kind of looks like there's nobody in there. But you know, it's kind of dark in there. I don't see any light. Peter says, get out of the way. And he goes rushing right into that cave. And he tears around the room and says, look, there's just cloth here. There's no Jesus. Then all of a sudden it begins to ring true what Mary Magdalene's told them. And they hustle out of there to tell the rest of the people. You've got to believe. John gets to the point where he says, okay, if that's true, I'm going to come in and see it for myself. And he walks into the cave, the tomb, and realizes that, in fact, Peter's right. The robes are folded. The head cloths are thrown into a corner. There's obviously no one here. Jesus Christ is not in the tomb anymore. The stone has been rolled away. And something has happened that they did not expect. Now, what is marvelous about this text is that Mary, instead of running back to the disciples with John and Peter, stays by the tomb. And what does she do? Like any good mother, she has assumed the worst. Somebody stole the body. How terribly, terribly horrible. Somebody ripped off the son of the body of my son. And she's crying outside the tomb, saying, Where in the world would they have hid him? Where would they have taken him? And when this man approaches her, she assumes he's the gardener and says, If you just tell me where they hid him, I'll come and take him away and I'll put him away where he belongs. I'll, I'll, I'll take care of it. I, I won't accuse anybody. I'm not going to raise any, any grief over it. Just tell me where the body is. And what does he do? He gives no explanation. He asks her why she's crying, what she's waiting for. And then he does something that is absolutely Jesus-like. He says, Mary. And her response in Aramaic is, Rabunai. The third step of Easter faith is hearing Christ call your name. It is having that personal, intimate relationship with Jesus Christ so that you indeed hear Jesus call your name. When each of us was brought to the fount, 
or to the river or wherever you were baptized. And your name was given to you and the mark of the cross was placed on your forehead. You were issued that call. God continues to call your name every day. And it is part of our Easter faith to know whether we will respond. Whether we will step out like Peter and not just look in as a spectator. Whether we will run and not just walk. Whether we will seek answers to the problems and weep with those who need to mourn. But never, ever give up hope. Ever. Under any circumstances. Martin Luther King said, Faith is taking the first step even when you don't see the whole staircase. Let this Easter be a day where you take the first step, where all the facts, all the promises, all the realities of what it makes Easter Easter becomes yours and makes a difference in not only who you are, but how you live your life. Let us pray. The aroma of the flowers, the glory of the music, the joy of seeing each other, being together in the hearing of your word. All these things spell the end of the winter and the beginning of the spring. They spell the end to hopelessness and the beginning of hope. And they tell us, O oh Lord, that you are not done with us yet. That every day is a new chance, a new opportunity to open our hearts and our lives to you and to see you do great and wonderful things. Give us this grace today to so live our lives to the glory of Jesus Christ, who has called us and made us his own by faith. We pray it in his precious name. Amen. In the Lord I'll be ever thankful. In the Lord I will rejoice. Look to God, do not be afraid. Lift up your voices, the Lord is near. Lift up your voices, the Lord is near. Now, believing what we have heard, let us stand and confess our faith using the words of the Apostles' Creed. Together as the people of God, saying what we believe to be true. Together, I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. 
Amen. We come to that part of our worship where we do the work of the church, which is to pray for each other and to pray for our world. I want to give you opportunity this morning uh, to share with us any concerns, simply raising the names of people you would like us to pray for in the morning prayer. Our living God, there is nothing that is unknown to you, and it is not as though the thoughts of our hearts and the desires of our hearts are not known to you even as we approach in prayer, but we have been encouraged by our Lord to bring to you uh, those things which weigh upon us, to offer them to you as a way of your demonstrating one more time that you are indeed a God who is alive and active in our lives and aware of not only our needs, but the needs of those that we care about and love. And so we thank you on this Easter morning for the joy of the fellowship that we share in this space and at this time. But we remember before you those that we have raised this morning. John, Colin, we pray for Ellen. pray for Nick and Emily. We pray for Russell and John and the driver involved in the accident this morning. We pray for these people and we pray for ourselves, O Lord, that we may all know your grace, your love, your mercy, your comfort and consolation, your guidance, and your wisdom. We ask, O Lord, that you would be living not only among us, around us, but in us and through us as well, enabling us to be, in fact, disciples and witnesses of the living Christ in our midst. We pray this because Jesus, our Lord, taught his disciples and us to pray boldly, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. And now, I invite you to come forward and take a small flower from the vase and put it on the cross as a way to demonstrate that we believe in this thing called the resurrection from the dead and the living Christ and declare our faith to the world outside even when our doors are closed later today. Please come forward. Of course, you are all invited to join us after the service, immediately after the service, for refreshments and fellowship in the Bellhauer Parlor across the way. Uh, and, and please remember to take the flowers uh, that you prefer to take today uh, with you from the sanctuary. As we go forward from this place, we are resurrection people. We are people who believe in hope, no matter what. We are people who believe that Jesus Christ is alive and is making a difference in the world in which we live. And as we go forward believing that, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God our Father and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and always. And all of God's people said,